Oh, the fast break action. That's right. It is Maddie and Patty, coast to coast from San Francisco. We have Matt Youngner here. Say hello, Patty. Maddie. Patty, how you doing, buddy? Not too bad. And from Brooklyn, I'm Pat McManaman, not to be confused with Pat McManaman, the Cleveland Browns uh, beat reporter for ESPN, and no relation to Dave McManaman, the Cavs beat reporter for ESPN. Uh, apparently, we've got that beat covered. Uh, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Maddie and Patty podcast. Uh, by way of introduction, we are a pair of unapologetic Cavs fans who uh, spend far, far, far too much time following this team. So we are homers. Yes, let's just get that right, right out of the way first. But we are homers with brains and eyes. And I venture to say the sheer amount of time we spend following the Cavs has given us uh, unique powers of analysis and insight that you might find entertaining, especially uh, if I shut up and let Matt talk. So, uh, the Cavs are in the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since 2009. Long fucking time. Uh, game one's in Atlanta, Wednesday night, 8.30. But before we get to that, let us first say goodnight to the Chicago Bulls, shall we? Mm. Mm. Oh, this felt so goddamn good. It was good, wasn't it? <laughs> it was so fucking much. I mean, Matt, I was, I was nine years old. When I saw the shot at the Ritual Coliseum 26 Pat, years ago. Pat, you know who else was at that game? Were you at that game too? Little Maddie. Little Maddie Little was Maddie? at that game as well. Oh, yeah. How about that? How fortuitous. Did you cry all the way home too? Uh, I don't think I actually cried, but I had uh, my best friend, your friend Brent Fuller, and uh, my younger brother with me, and I think my grandfather randomly. So it was not wow. – I didn't think I could do it in front of that group of people. But yeah, yes, yeah. on the inside – <laughs> but you had to be strong for everybody else. That's right. I had to be strong for them. But on the inside, it was just devastation. Well, that 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 crying fit on the way home has stuck with me my entire sports life. And I guess I gotta say, this series, this that 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 helps. Just exercise and demons. Oh just, yeah, just just a little bit. So uh, Matt, you you came up with uh, an innovative way to uh, quantify morally just just how hateable this iteration of the Bulls uh, really uh, are. Uh, how, how, how's that go? So I think I realized this actually during the regular season and it was, that was only cemented during the playoffs where, as you know, familiarity breeds contempt and you really learn something about hating a, a sports individual during the playoff series. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I think even before this, I realized that if I, with, in a world of no consequences, I think I would murder <laughs> Joe Kim Noah. Uh, I'd have to agree with that without hesitation. Uh, again, if, if, if it's all purely hypothetical. We're not purely. saying I actually, I'm, 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 we're not advocating anyone to go out and actually murder Joaquim Noah. But no, I live in a world of consequences. Out. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. That's the world uh, we live in. In a world, putting aside your aversion to killing, consequence-free, if you could kill one human being on that team, who would it be? And uh, that's a strong call. I, I, I would. Uh, what human being's life would you end on the Chicago Bulls? And uh, I would say Jakeem Noah is a, is a strong candidate. However, I I push back on this. I I think if I had to pick one player on the Bulls, it 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 has to be without question Mike Dunleavy. Mike Dunleavy is um, a dirty fucking player. He's been a dirty fucking player for years. He I mean he fucking knocked out a guy's tooth punched him in the throat, and then knocked another guy down, didn't get called for a foul at all, and then didn't get suspended on top of that. Yeah. Because, you know, he's white and he has a haircut, haircut and he could probably, you know, walk on to the, you know, the Hickory Hoosiers or whatever in, uh, in, in that Gene Hackman movie. 
that's what I was referring to. Yes, I just spoke a little too fast. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he's he's got. But but more importantly, as I pointed out to you, there's a disadvantage to killing Noah in this series because right. you kind of need him on that court. That would have helped the Bulls entirely. The Dunleavy's actually a net positive for them. We we need Noah on that court to again. Up, Pat, so. this is this is a, a a repercussion and consequence free environment that I'm talking about committing this murder in. That's free okay, of the so consequences of the law and of of basketball. Ah, uh, and the basketball court. All, all right, correct. All right. It's, it's it's a tough call for me. But but to be clear, this is like you know this is not a you know this is not a forced choice in the sense of. You get to yeah. pick. It's not just you know. It's just based upon them. You know, we're not killing Derrick Rose or, or Jimmy Butler here. We fucking love them. They're great. I mean, I hate them because they beat us, but you know, a couple of times. But they're they're awesome players, and I want them to do well. No, I don't however, object to I, them. I, yeah, Pat. When you're thinking about murdering Mike Dunleavy Jr., what I'd like you to remember is the image of Joe Kim Noah doing that weird hunched over smacking himself on the chest with a closed fist thing like when the team the other team commits a turnover i'd yeah. like you to picture his eyes closed uh, looking uh, up at the sky bellowing uh i'd like you to picture him being chased out of a town into the mountains by the uh, townspeople uh, with pitchforks and lighted uh, torches uh, uh, God, I'll, I'll kill him i'll kill him i'll kill him okay yeah. <laughs> i can't take it yes no he's just so oh my god or picture and, him just street Picture him screaming into Mozgov's ear uh, after after his one dunk of the whole goddamn oh, series. Oh, oh yeah. Right. However, oh, that, I do point out to you for Dunleavy. Dunleavy complaining about like you know the the kick incident. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it uh, was. It was truly objectionable. He went out of his way to bring up Kelly Olnick and Kevin Love saying, you know, when you get tangled up like that, it's, you know, all, no holds bar. You get to get, get break yourself free however you can, you know, by grabbing a guy's arm with two hands and pulling out of his socket. Just off. Oh, yeah. but, and on top of that, picture TT going up for the basket in the air, Mike Dunleavy seeing him in the air and just backing slowly into him intentionally. Knowing exactly him. what he's doing. Intentionally undercutting yeah. him. So he, nearly, he hurt his shoulder. And, and what could, I mean, we're lucky to get hurt even more. Uh, I, no, no, Dunleavy. Come. I didn't think that. I don't. I, listen, I, <laughs> he's probably in second place for me. That's not <laughs> all right, all right. anything great for the Dunleavy family. I say that, that play they did not get enough attention to me. I think at the time, oh yeah, I can't remember who was announcing the game. I think it was Van Gundy and Jackson and Breen. But that, uh, I think they even said, and oh, look at Dunleavy trying to hold him because he put out his hand and sort of hey, tried to catch him a little after, bit after, after he you nearly know, killed the guy. Exactly. And when he was coming down, I. Listen, this might be the homers in us coming out, but he clearly has a history of dirty plays, and that he definitely undercut him in a really dangerous way. And I think that's some of the most dangerous stuff you can do to somebody is take them out of the air. And that's two series in a row he did that to a guy. Exactly. So. No, Jakeem Noah is annoying and obnoxious and just, ugh, but like Dunleavy is a fucking dangerous asshole on the court who doesn't get punished at all. So that's why it's like, to me, that he's, he's got to top my list. But Noah's very high up there. Before we move on from this, um, yeah, there's some other players you should consider. I was say, who, who else would be on this list as a possibility? You know, in case you were able to kill more than one. Uh, so I think it's, uh, if we're if we're going on a spree, I think you have to put Kirk Heinrich on the list. I think you have to consider him. The, the hand touching, the the the, the rec league uh, goggles that he plays. Oh yeah, in, uh, yeah he does a little. He does some dirty stuff too. Again, he gets the the white guy pass on that. I think exactly. And totally. uh, well. I think he came to this in this series, but Taj Gibson, the mm -hmm. late contender there for me, 
Barkley yeah. going after our boy Delhi. He was out of control in that sequence. I know there's all the stuff about the leg lock, but he was clearly gunning for Delhi. Wiped him out in the paint on the possession previous, previous to that. Possession. Really put a hard pick on it, like his shoulder into Delhi's head on a pick right mm-hmm. before that, and then uh, pushed Delhi to the ground when he was boxing him out. Sort of got up, pushing his hands into his lower back. He was really gunning for him for whatever reason. Yeah, even when he fell, when he fell down, like he fell down with a oh, here's a nice you know carpet for me to land on. There was no uh, avoiding the contact. Like he was, yeah. he was messing with Delhi the whole fucking game. Uh, yeah, he got you know, he got he got burned. You know, it's it, it's it's you know. So I yeah. I, I, I what I love about Delhi, Delhi didn't do a goddamn thing until that moment. You could just see it in his face. And like, this is the homework. Yeah. This is the homework me coming out. I'd probably be furious if it was if it was, if I was <laughs> inside. But just look at his face, going, yeah, all right, all right, fuck you. I'm not gonna squeeze my legs. Uh, also, I don't like how people were talking about that as a leg lock. Yeah, that's not what a leg lock is. As near as as at least as far as I'm familiar, he just clamped I, his legs around somebody else's leg. It's not like he I, was in a stress position. He was gonna break his his ankle or something. I grew up watching WWF and NWA wrestling. I knew Ric Flair and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Matthew Delano. Matthew Delano. There's no, Ric, no Flair. Ric Flair. He does not yeah. do figure four leg lock. Uh, I, Another late latecomer on this was uh, Marotic. I mean, I mean, obviously. Oh, next year I'm sorry. Was- You're right. I'm sorry. I I've done a disservice he- to everyone. He's number three. Yeah, yeah. He's easily number three. I mean, because Taj, Taj. What did I you like call him? By the way, did you try to call him Marotic? Marotic. Yeah. That's like I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going. Yeah, fuck that. No, I'm, not, I'm not giving him. I'm not giving him the satisfaction of of the proper pronunciation. <laughs> he's Marotic. <laughs> So he's you, a, that you know, he's a favorite amongst a lot of people because they do that Ricola, Nicola call yeah, in, Nicola. in uh, yeah, exactly. Stadium. But uh, no, he got uh, he got dirty a couple times, right? There was the, totally. the he the, hit uh, he twice he the wraparound to Jr. Yeah, Jr. Got and him on the, the head exactly. And he clothesline uh, with him, and then he he got into it a couple of times with guys. He was getting real real punchy uh, the whole series. Yeah, got in, got into it with LeBron. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but like I said, you gotta be real. You gotta be real. If I was a Bulls fan, I'd be really discouraged by his play in this series because he's he's the one game changer for that that roster. The, 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 not quite a stretch four, but he could play a four, and mm-hmm. he's clearly got that deep range. He's got a nice game. Like he he's the one one of the few guys that could stretch that floor, and he's got nothing on defense. I don't think that's that's gonna show up at any point. And and. Like he's he's a bigger liability than Kevin Love ever was. I feel like that might be the homer me again coming out. But I, I feel like Kevin Love by the end of the season was playing good uh, good uh, team system ball in a way that you know uh, Marotic uh, <laughs> definitely wasn't because he couldn't get court time in this series. Even though he was like you know his his floor spacing was crucial for them. Yeah. But, um, this this Bulls team, man. It uh, I I felt this way. They're a little better than this team, but I felt this way about the the Wizards team of the mid aughts that the Cavs beat. Yep, three times in the playoffs, the Arenas, Butler, Jameson, uh, Wizards, yep. where they just were not going to get it done. Like for whatever reason, there were some good parts on that team, and they had those guys were stars then, and they just were not going to get it done. That Bulls team definitely has that feel to me now, where there's just not. And maybe part of that is is Rose Rose's ceiling being lowered so much by injury, but. Yeah. Even that, I feel like it's made up for by Butler, essentially yeah. coming out of nowhere to be the play. He was terrifying to me in that series. He's really, terrifying. really good. A beast on defense. He was hitting clutch shots. Yeah. Um, I mean, both. I was both terrified them, every time he shot a three. I was convinced yeah. it was going. Yeah. In. He was. He was both, very impressive. 
both of them really just have to, and I don't understand how they can't do that. They have to just stop shooting 20 foot jumpers. It, it, I would be killing me if I was a Bulls fan. I was maybe so happy. Yeah. I mean, they, they would hit them, but you know, which is annoying, but I was like, fine, you guys just keep shooting that shot. Cause you're going to start missing it. And they did. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that'll get into the next part of this year. We got to move along. Cause we're a little, little behind on time, but uh, okay. um, I, I was going to say, so what were the key to the series we were talking about uh, uh, when we were deep into it? Uh, I felt like every night we needed two or three things to happen. We need either LeBron and Kyrie to be dynamite, which was obviously uh, touch and go all series with Kyrie's uh, injuries and LeBron's, uh, you know, difficulties. We'll get to that later. Uh, two, we needed the bench mob to be dynamite uh, or we needed the bulls to shit the bed. And, yeah. and the, the only consistent factor in all those threes that you could always count on the Bulls shitting the bed for three for for three long stretches every single game, and that's so many mistakes. No, I don't remember. <laughs> Interestingly, the team that did that this year was the Cavs, too. Honestly, yeah. um, mm-hmm. the beginning of the second half of Game Six, where both teams were essentially scoreless for the first oh, yeah. Crazy. six or seven minutes, that should have been when the Bulls came back and got right back into the game, and we had a whole game, you know, sort of like it, how it happened earlier in the series, where the Cavs or Bulls beat the lead, and the other team came back. That should have happened right then, yeah, and exactly. they just they just couldn't do a thing and it didn't couldn't make up for them having already done that earlier in the game. Um, They were, you know, I guess Thibodeau's gone. That's what everybody says. And they're going to have to bring in somebody that can do something with that offense. I think that's the most important thing. They have the pieces there to not have that happen. Yeah, Um, exactly. And that it did so consistently was Great thing for us Cavs fans, but yeah, it's like I said, it spoiled the defensive effort because they couldn't they couldn't execute. I mean, it totally yeah. saved us. Uh, it was one. I mean, I mean, I, I'm I'm still kind of surprised we won the series to be honest with you because before I mean, before Game Three, I told you I'd be really discouraged if we lost. Uh, we yeah. did lose that game, and I was. It, it me a, it got so bad. Uh, my my four year old Arthur, um, who was wearing his Kyrie Irving jersey in the first half. But he refused to sleep in it overnight. So when he woke up the next day and asked me, uh, you know, why the Cavs lost, it took every ounce of decency <laughs> not, not to shout at him because you took your jersey off. You thought about it. It's your fault we lost. Uh, <laughs> I was very proud of myself that I held back and, and didn't say that. But uh, but still, that's like that's the old, uh, you know, the 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 deep thoughts by Jack Handy where it's like, <laughs> why is like, God crying? Why it was raining? And I said because it's God crying. He said why is God crying? I said probably because of something you did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I blew the punchline there, but that. No, thank it. Yeah. Thank you for not doing that, Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I will tell you this: uh, uh, he wore that goddamn jersey for for the entire game, every single <laughs> every single game, the rest of the series. That's that. That's what I did make sure it happened. Um, but still, I was saying, your point. After, no, but yeah, your point holds. Yeah, even after we scored, LeBron hit the game winner in Game Four. I kept thinking to myself, I don't know how we win this series. Like we're so beat up. Like I, yeah. I felt like you know I felt like even if that game winner I'm like you know what it'll be okay because you know what we fought back we did that that's great I mean it'll still hurt because I hate the Bulls so much but I can't see us winning this series and you know they just took care of business the next couple of games uh, uh, you know I, well they got the one game out of they got something out of Kyrie in uh, game five more than something they got a lot out of him right in uh, that game five in Cleveland and that's a big deal and and LeBron had a really good game right so if any if both of those things are happening I think they can hang with anybody. I mean, we'll get into later series we'll get, later. We'll get, we'll get um, them at but, the end here. But with one of, or both of those things is going wrong as it was for large portions of this series, mm-hmm. uh, then you're absolutely right. You need a team that's going to shit the bed and the Bulls obliged. The Bulls obliged big time. We'll talk about the uh, Hawks and what likely he'll be can 
get, I think, either the playoff Hawks or the regular season Hawks. Uh, uh, but that'll be a big uh, factor for this as well. But before we get to that, let's we got this this. There's so many. There's so many amazing storylines in this Cavs team. We have to go through them uh, uh, one by one here. Uh, and uh, without further ado, I want to just start off with uh, this guy. Oh my God. Hold on, hold on. My favorite. <laughs> Matt, I've had this song in my head uh, basically ever since it came out on your birthday last week. Uh, I think I may have listened to it a hundred times. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I I love it. He, he, uh, I I don't don't know if you read Matt Moore. He's uh, Hardwood Paroxysm is his like uh, website. He also writes for CBS. he he hates JR's game. Has always hated JR's game. I hated JR's game. I mean, it's the worst kind of game it was before. Like there's just the the guy who dribbles a lot and jukes and throws up twenty foot chucks up twenty foot jumpers. Now now he might be my fucking favorite calf. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's he's getting up there. I mean, but just like the the focus following the suspension, right? He kept talking about how bad he felt about you know laying the team down. Interesting. He said he felt bad about letting the team down. He never once said he felt bad about punching Jay Crowder in the face. No, no. I think he felt quite good about that. Uh, he never actually. He never publicly apologized to him, and apparently, he never even bothered to reach out to to, to Jay Crowder. No, nor uh, should he have. No, no. Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. I mean, I, can, I feel bad that he tore his That's terrible. But uh, he kind of deserved to be punched in the face. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm condoning oh. what, what Jared did. But uh, you know he was he was he was playing dirty the whole series and uh, listen as Charles Barkley might say if you're gonna run around and act like a tough guy out there you better yeah. be ready to take a punch. Like I said he was playing dirty and Jr said, said oh you want to play dirty I can one up you and then yeah. you know you know, he got burned for it. anyway. Uh, uh, but what the most amazing moment was that Taj Gibson Delhi scuffle. Jr was right in the middle of that entire thing and he was the goddamn voice of reason. Yeah, he was calming people down, yeah, yeah, shoving yeah. them back. Calmed everyone down. I mean, this is this is this is beautiful watching him. I, I love him. I like him. Um, I do. We'll, we'll talk about Shumpert a little bit later, maybe. I like him yeah. off the bench now. I like that offense Absolutely. coming there. I like him. I, I think we you need to be willing to have a quick uh, a quick hook with Jr. And then on yeah. games where he's not having it, get him out of there so he's not chucking all the time. But mm-hmm. he's a plus on defense. Absolutely, sure he's gonna be huge. Us. He's gonna be huge for us on Corver, uh, <laughs> which I think he, I forget who wrote this, but someone said that, that that's enough to make you scream, uh, uh, knowing that that you have to rely on J.R. Smith. To, but you know, fuck it, I I trust him. The way he's been playing with the Cavs, he's been locked in. He's no, absolutely, three, he's a real three and D guy. I'm not worried about it. Um, but uh, one thing I will say before we move on to the next guy on my list um, is. Even though he shouldn't start, we should do our you know TT and Mozgov start uh, against the Hawks coming up. Uh, I think the lineup that we should be playing the most minutes has got to be assuming Kyrie is healthy. Kyrie, Shump, uh, Jr., LeBron, and TT. Uh, yes. We got we got to find a way to play that lineup as much as possible because that's probably our best lineup. Hundred um, percent small, agree. but well, we can do it. Um, but let's move on to uh, David Blatt. Who the hell even know Blatt? Uh, the fighter pilot. Um, he wasn't one of the players, obviously, but I mean, he just had like one of those like barnstorming 
like uh, losing his shit series. I mean, <laughs> yeah, what a crazy series. What a crazy film. Let me start with this, okay? We, we know about the timeout that he almost called and the play call. You know, he, he did, did call. He, he called yeah. it. Yeah. Oh no, he called it. He called it. He just didn't, it just didn't get called. Wasn't recognized. I, I, I will. hundred percent acknowledge. He, we clearly got away with one there. Uh, uh, and the the awesome awkwardness the next day of uh, 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 Chris Webber getting uh, getting needled by. Uh, oh. <laughs> was that it, wasn't uh, cool, man. <laughs> that was not cool. <laughs> he put up. He put up the rules and the time. I, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but. Uh, but so yeah, the Cavs were down love, half a Kyrie, half a Shump, JR minus two games, LeBron playing crazy and efficient, but we won two blowouts. We let a third blowout get close, but was, you know, we were blowing out game five for most of it. Uh, for sure. uh, we won the fourth on a buzzer. We lost one on a buzzer beater. We only lost one by like more than five points. Uh, and even that one was close down the stretch. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. No, we had a chance to take it. We were like within a point through a, a, a yep. late in the game. Any other coach in the league gets a public blowjob for that. So why doesn't Black get it? I, the answer is because he's an unbelievable asshole. <laughs> 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 and, 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 I, and I think I think it's going to be determined to the fact that I love it. I, he's, he's, so he's our arrogant. asshole. He's our asshole. He just gets so upset with the rookie coach thing, and he gets so pissed. And I, <laughs> yeah, that makes him so mad. So mad. I I, I think I think I fucking love it. <laughs> um, uh, one other thing I'll say on Blatt, and then we'll, and then we'll I'll let you add anything you want to add. Um, so Terry Pluto wrote this uh, did this big interview with uh, David Blatt right before the playoffs, and as I said to you the other day, apparently he waited uh, two series to publish his interview. Uh, this is like yes. peak, this is peak Pluto. What, what are you waiting two fucking series <laughs> to publish your interview? Anyway, it's I highly recommend it though. It's it's good stuff. It's actually good stuff. Uh, Scooter, the, this is still read, this is readable Pluto because mostly he's just quoting David Blatt. But uh, there was one interesting thing in there where he talks. Apparently, the the, the most emotional he got in the interview was talking about Tyron uh, Lou, uh, and he says he said, "quote The easiest thing for me was to say no to Tyron uh, when they were talking about hiring him as his assistant uh, because he was the runner up. But I recognize him as the best candidate. I want to be successful." Uh, let's see. Pluto says during the hour-long interview, Blatt became the most became the most emotional when talking about rumors of Lou wanting his job or undercutting him in some fashion with the players. Uh, David Black quote that tipped me off the most. I don't care what they think of me. That stuff they, that stuff put Tyron in a bad light. It was unfair, really unfair. I, I'm not shouting. This was uh, Pluto wrote this in all caps. Unfair. <laughs> that, that's his way of shouting in type. Uh, he has been the most loyal, most knowledgeable, most helpful guy. Blatt paused, regaining his composure. Tyron is a joy to work with. He's going to be a head coach in the NBA, no doubt in my mind. I, I found that interesting. Uh, you know, maybe David Blatt isn't really an asshole. He's just an asshole to the press and an asshole in the public. I don't know. I, I kind of prefer to think of him as the as a magnif- as a magnificent bastard. I, I think the truth is probably somewhere in between all of that, right? Like, I think he does have yeah. a a more contentious relationship with the media, and part of that is because the media is. It said some things that haven't been great about him, and I can imagine how that would tick anybody off. Yeah. Um, I think he has a reputation of burning through teams, right? He's got a lot of, little bit of the Larry Brown in him. Mm-hmm. Um, international, it's hard to, to comp that exactly because it's international play, and I don't really have a good enough feel of how that – That's a good point. How the consistency of players year to year, and I'm just not knowledgeable enough to really, to really speak on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would suggest a little bit of – assholishness that's real but i don't feel like you hear that from the players 
Yeah. Generally, whatever was, issues people thought LeBron had with him were not that he was too di- – yeah, I don't know, that he was an asshole, right? It was that yeah, he didn't know what he was yeah. doing, if that was an issue at all, and I, I'm sure most of that's overblown. And that – with his coaches, I think that's a big deal. I, personally, I thought it was a good sign. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was a good sign that, one, we were willing to offer Lou that money. That's another shout-out to, mm-hmm. to, to Gilbert for being willing to spend, which is the number one quality you want in an owner. Yeah. And uh, two for Blatt for having – the, however you want to think about it, the, the humility, ego, the yeah, ego, yeah, yeah, the, confidence, the confidence to say, yeah. bring him. I think this guy could help. And um, I don't – outside of all that, Tyron Lue was calling the timeouts on the sideline or LeBron was looking yeah. for – you know, whatever. Maybe some of that is – maybe he was looking to him for some place. I don't know what their yeah. structure is. But yeah. um, whatever it is about him, I, I think I like him too right now, Pat. Absolutely. We'll see what happens in this next series. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I could, I, I reserve the right to completely change my mind about him, but as long as he's winning, he's he's my magnificent bastard. Uh, all right, let's let's move on to the gentleman of the series, TT, the gentleman Mauler, as I like to call him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in many ways, he was the MVP. I mean, because do we win that series if he was replaced by an average dude, a Gortat, a Taj Gibson, if Taj Gibson was our team uh, instead of uh, TT? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think so. I think we lose. I don't think so. Is there a better phrase for that? Because I mean, obviously LeBron's still the most valuable player in that series. Obviously, even the, even 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 though we had a down series again, we'll talk about him in a second. But like, is it most surprising player, the uh, unexpected game changer, uh, yeah, most uh, indispensable? Uh, yeah, uh, that guy it should, it should be that guy. Is that is, is that what you call it? A guy who completely changed the strategic face of the series. I mean, the Bulls yeah. did not go into that series game planning for TT, but they sure as hell spent the rest of the series doing it and failing. Yeah. Uh, I mean that was that was really an eye opener. I mean people are talking about him I, as a max player now, which is, I think is crazy, but might be true. I so I think I wrote an email. I know that I wrote an email in uh, it, when things were at their darkest this season. Uh, shortly be, in the West Coast trip, while LeBron was hurt, they yeah. lost a couple games that I was at out here at a Golden State in Sacramento, and I said there's no way TT should get the max. I think we should offer him. To like five to six million dollars a year and if somebody else wants to pay him more than that too bad uh i think i was wrong he was <laughs> yeah. he was better than that uh the boards for sure the work he's doing uh on lobs around the rim uh just making himself big on pick and rolls i think has been very impressive it, it, and most was, impressive to me in that series was his d on uh on the switch on yes, rose yes I, th- I think he was he might have been the second best defender on rose in that series honestly unbelievable um, and jumper very impressive it takes me we'll get to something but it, t- it takes me back to um uh like if you remember that, that game against the the raptors early in the season we were still not playing well and we finally were getting close to a game and like uh um oh shit what's the point guard on the raptors i'm blanking on him lowry Kyle lowry 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 was burning us all game and the very end, he's got a chance to win the game. We're up by one, and TT switches on him and just stays with him and forces up this embarrassing yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, whoa, he could do that? Like that is something that that is a unique talent for a guy of his size. That I mean, I don't I don't think there's more than four or five guys his size that can do that in the league. Period. I, I think, think that five right. might even be high. Five might even be high. Very unique skill set. Yeah, it's just just incredible. Um, and also the big reason why so at several points during the year they played that one big LeBron and three wings or two wings and Kyrie, however you want to think about it, uh, is because mm-hmm. TT could do that. And Kevin Love or Mozgov or whoever could not switch on pick and rolls and contain mm-hmm. their guy. Yeah. It is a really valuable skill set, uh, and he, I was very, very impressed with him. 
Without, uh, I mean, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not buying any of the give, you know, give TT a max contract and let Love walk. We, you know, TT can replace Love. That's ridiculous. No, no, no. We need, we need Love. But w funny thing is, like when Love went down, if we didn't, you know, if we didn't have TT, I would not have any sense of hope at all in the rest of the series. And that's that's a no, huge agree with you. credit to TT. Uh, and speaking of TT, uh, before we move on to uh, uh, more concrete things, I mean, he's also just awesome. I mean, <laughs> he's, yeah, his, he's his a mean scowl, see ball, get ball. Uh, and somebody asked about analytics, he's like, I don't know, I just rebound. Fantastic. He's always fiercely loyal to the coaches. I mean, he fucking switched his shooting hand. I mean, the stories on him. You know, TG says that he and Kevin Love are the, are the handsomest guys in the team, and the, and apparently he got, he got real jealous when Kevin Love got in the cover of GQ. Uh, yes. And uh, this is this is a great this is a great Dave McMenamin article. Which look it up uh, if you guys haven't read it. Um, uh, Dave McMenamin writing about it's a feature piece on, on Tristan Thompson, uh, and apparently he asked him about it, and Tristan said, "No, no, no I wasn't jealous. Uh, uh, me and Love have our own little thing. We're, we say we're the two handsomest guys. Uh, Kevin Love says he's the most handsome for Rolling Stone. I, I, I'm for uh, Source Magazine." Uh, which I don't know about because I'm I'm white. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, you you introduced me to this uh, players' wives website. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I, let me talk about this for a second. Go, so go, go, go. I highly recommend. I think it's athletes' wives actually. Athletes' wives. Uh, yes. You can go lose. That's a nice uh, wormhole to fall into. A lot of fun. <laughs> uh, they have a good sense of humor too. I as a point of reference, I will point out Joe Kim Noah made it on there with just some. Some some woman in a bikini he was making out with on the beach, and they just referenced how ugly he was consistently throughout the beach. So they're a, so they're a friend of the podcast already. But uh, you should check out uh, TT's girlfriend. It's it's, uh, I, it's interesting. I, she has dated the rapper Tyga previously, as well as former Cav great Baron Davis, Baron Davis uh, which is probably right. problematic in its own way. Uh, I think she is a professional, like an Instagram model, because uh, I think yeah. that's a thing now. Models clothing. Um, How would TT feel about being like uh, having? I guess is the phrase sloppy seconds, right? Uh, Baron Davis's seconds. Yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't think that's a thing. There's this is a world in which Kim Kardashian is doing pretty well. That's true. Um, that's true. I don't think that's a thing anymore for some reason. Yeah. That's for old, old guys like us, Pat. Yeah, I guess so. Well, anyway, it's also a pretty, I guess, sexist uh, uh, thing to, 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 to say, like, you know, whatever. But uh, let's not be a downer on that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, speaking of dudes and girlfriends, let's skip ahead to Mozgov uh, for a second. Um, and staying in that vein, I saw this Deadspin article the other day that apparently he walked up to a dude who was with his girlfriend out in the streets of Cleveland and said, take a picture of me with your girlfriend. <laughs> and so he did. <laughs> And posted it. Yeah, look at them. <laughs> like, I just, I just he love, is so good. I love the idea of this seven foot Russian monster, Mozgov, watching, walking the streets <laughs> yeah. of Cleveland at, at night looking for hot girls <laughs> and, and, and ordering their boyfriends to, 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 to take a picture with their girlfriends. Uh, you, you, your girlfriend looks good. Get, 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 take a picture. Me, Mozgov. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Uh, I I love Moskov. I mean, he's he's got his limits. Obviously, he's going to be kind of limited if he has to chase guys out in the perimeter a little much. But uh, if he can sag back towards the paint, he's so awesome. And obviously, the fucking high flying dunks. Even when he misses, he's so uncoordinated. Um, he's not Ryan Hollis oh, uncoordinated. Obviously not. He he can catch the ball, but he still has those moments of like, oh yeah, arms are too long. 
The thing that started to worry me a bit about him is I just lost almost all confidence in his hands. Uh, yes. During that series, he was losing the ball a lot. Uh, and in opportunities where almost every time he should be dunking the ball, he's having it taken away by um, guards a lot under the basket. And exactly. those are very frustrating possessions. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know. I'm, I'm hoping that's something that's a little correctable because when he first came, I thought his hands were pretty good, actually. Um, yeah. That seems like a more recent first. development. And also, maybe the, maybe the pressure defense, you know, it's like the, the faster pace, there's less reaction time. I don't know. Um, he's, still, yeah, he's, still oh, a, he's still an asset, but it's, yeah, it does make me more nervous. Uh, but, but that's, that's, I'm being picky. I'm very happy to have him on the team. The yeah, moment yeah. in whatever game it was, game five, I think, where he scored a couple big buckets down the stretch and then had a, an eruption. Mm. An oh, God, yeah, just on the court. Which, <laughs> I laughed out Poor loud. Man. He played the entire series with this huge black eye. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, one, other, one other non-playing note about Mozgov I wanted to get to was uh, apparently like before, I don't know, game four, game five, the game where, right before the game where Noah screamed in his ear, some reporter asked him like, you know, uh, you know, asked Mozgov, you know, so, so what's like we're playing against, you know, like, you know, Noah, I mean, he's, he's a great rebounder, isn't he? And, and Mozgov just goes, no. Is what I mean. I mean, is he, is he like a, what do you think? Is he top 10? No, <laughs> that's all he said. <laughs> just, just no, I'm not going to give him any compliments whatsoever. Uh, and, and the last little nugget, uh, was from the, the Terry Pluto interview. Blatt was interviewing, uh, sorry, so Blatt was talking about Timo Fey and his, his theory on working with Timo Fey because he obviously worked with Timo in, in, in Team Russia saying, You don't yell at Timo Fey, he responds to clear directives when he gets upset, just let him calm down. You don't need to beat him down. And this is. And this is the best part. Timo Fey needs to be loved. <laughs> <He's such> a, <laughs> like, you watch him play. Uh, you watch him play and you go, yeah, that guy just gets so – like when LeBron gets upset at him for like fucking up and turning over again, you know, or, or gives him a hard time, Timo Fey just looks like, like I don't know, like, like my four-year-old. Just going, oh, I'm just I'm trying so hard, you guys. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he just gets so emotional. I, I, yes, I just not totally in control of his emotions at moments like that. <laughs> his emotions or his wins. No, in an endearing way, though. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right, uh, we, we got to move along. We're definitely behind here. Uh, I was going to give us five more minutes, but we're going to have to go ten more minutes, Matt. We're going to have to we're going to have to stretch this a little bit. This is there's too much to get okay. to. Uh, uh, briefly, let's go. Uh, uh, Delhi Trey, uh, obviously, I'm also we talked about him already a little bit. Uh, it's shades of booby in Game Six. Uh, did, did you get a chance to do any research on, on whether he might be the uh, best Matt ever in the NBA? Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. So this is this as a Matt. This this was very intriguing to me, and those the heroics in Game Six I thought might have vaulted him right to the top. I think there's only two other Matts in the NBA right now. No, which is Matt Barnes and Matt Bonner. Mm, um, that's good. Yeah, right. And all time, I think we're t- the only additions that are, are interesting are Matt Harpering, former Cav, who you may remember, I, and Matt. I was, th- Matt, I was trying to think of a Cav. And uh, Matt Geiger, who was a uh, noted, uh, yeah, noted, noted goon. Uh, and then it's like Matty Gukas and Matty Gukas Sr. So, so Dunn can win this. I mean, it is totally career wise. It's in his. It's in his. Uh, it's on the horizon for him. He could get there. I don't. I. Yeah. I think you'd have to say that Barnes and Harper yeah. and probably Bonner have all had better careers at this point. Um, but Plus none of them are. Nobody set. Yeah, nobody set the the bar that high for him. So I think. Yeah. I think he can get there. I like it. Is, 
right. Something that he's also the only Ma Matthew, I should say. Oh, it's true. It's a Everybody Matthew. Everybody else is Dova. Everybody else has gone Matt. Matt, I mean, it's got such a good, I, so I understand. It's, a, it's such a nickname-worthy uh, 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 last name, too. The Deli Tray. Uh, Super oh, I love Dova. it. Super Dova. I mean, come on. It's just, just too much. Uh, all right. Shump. I fucking love him. I don't trust that deep rhythm jumper of his, but man, he just seems to hit it a ton. Like it just, it just uh, but whatever. His D's and hustle are everything. I fucking love him. He's another one of those indispensable calves. Yeah, so happy to have him. Mm. So happy um, to have him, and hope and hope we we throw whatever money we need to honestly at him. Absolutely, absolutely. I think we will because that's sort of the position we're in. But I think he uh, he is mm -hmm. in the process of earning that. Yep, absolutely. Um, Cardell Jones, not a Cav, but just... Oh, wait, hold on. One second, Pat. Hey, hey, Pat, before we go yep. to Cardell, one note on Shumpert. Did you oh, see go. the thing about him? Did you see the thing about him thinking about... <laughs> I don't know if he brought up a lawsuit in specifics, but at least contemplating a lawsuit against the show Empire because he thinks they stole his life. What? For a character's. What? No. I actually, I, I haven't... <laughs> I haven't watched Empire, but apparently there's a character on the show whose only similarity to Shumpert that I can tell is that he's black and that he has a high top. And his <laughs> girlfriend, uh, the character's girlfriend on the show, is a singer. And Iman Shumpert dates a singer. And the article I read, he was just like, yeah, I mean, it's obvious. I got a high top. He's got a high top. My girl's a singer. His girl's a singer. I mean, I'm not getting paid anything for this. Can you, can you believe it? He was oh outraged. God. I love him so much. That's <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> and I think he's dead serious. I think he's like, I, I think you feel like you watch the show every week and just got angrier and angrier. I don't, I, I don't, I don't watch the show enough to, or, or know enough about Shump to, to say, but that, that sounds frivolous. We'll have to keep an eye on that. He also had like, yeah. he, he, has a, he, he, tweet, he tweeted a beef with Chris Hayes, uh, who's one of the, the Cleveland Plain Dealer uh, beat reporters. Uh, he just threw some shade at him in a tweet randomly. I have no idea what it's about. Like, there's no context. No one knows. And Chris Hayes isn't, isn't talking about it. Oh. Uh, it was really strange. I saw that over the weekend. Uh, so right. A couple developing shepherd situations. So it says, oh, oh, and also before I forget, everyone, uh, uh, I was telling Matt this the other day, uh, the So Right song, uh, the anthem of the playoffs for J.R. Smith, is actually a remix from uh, an original song written when he was still with the Knicks. Uh, so Google that. It's actually awesome as well and hilarious if you can't get enough of that tune. Uh, all right, so Cardell Jones. Uh, briefly, just, I mean, wow. nonstop trolling Noah all series. Just amazing. I don't think we need to give the context. I mean, whatever. Quickly, he was in game two uh, being honored, and, and Noah whispered some shade about him not being, you know, not playing against the SEC, which is retarded on many levels because we worked Alabama. Uh, and he just trolled them all series uh, throughout the game, just tweeting during the series. <laughs> I know Joakim Noah ain't here to get dunked on. I know Joakim Noah ain't here to play dodgeball. Just, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I love it. I love it so was much. awesome. And what, what a wonderful use of Twitter. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Especially, uh, there's a great piece in Grantland about how he sort of rejuvenated his uh, his uh, uh, Twitter profile. I think who who, who, yeah. who put that out there was that was that Scooter? Who was that? No, it wasn't Scooter, was it? Yes, I believe it was. Was Scooter? All right. Kudos to Scooter. Good job. It's uh, amazing that he, he knew what Twitter was. I know. It's amazing. He does, he's the old man Scooter with this, this new yeah. vinyl social media stuff. Uh, uh, anyway, so Kevin Love, I miss him so much. I, I wish he could travel with the team, but his, his soldier's not there. Uh, going to 
seriously going to miss him in the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. All right, so Kyrie and LeBron, I mean, we're, we're 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 running low on time, uh, but uh, I mean, just what can you say about Kyrie? I mean, you just uh, love how he got it through everything. Uh, just just uh, run out of things to say about him. Yeah, I was I was impressed by him. I, he's genuinely banged up. I think that was obvious. Um, yeah. We need him, though. We don't have, mm-hmm. you know, one of the weaknesses of this team is how bad the uh, back end of our bench is. And we don't yeah. have folks. The minutes he played, while not great, uh, were valuable for us. And mm-hmm. I think I put this in an email. The game four, where he was, what, he shot two of the free throws. ten from the field or something like that, but got to the line. Yep. And those ten yep. free throws were huge for us in that game. Yep, um, absolutely. I was, I was impressed with him. I, I I love him. I also love he's he's kind of turning into a nice little crank with the press. Uh, uh, he's had some nice yes. kind of, uh, just just some good shady moments with like when Mark Schwartz was asking LeBron if Kyrie gets a pass for a zero assists in Game Three because how hobbled he is. He's asking LeBron this while Kyrie's sitting right next to him. <laughs> like he's yeah, trying to get LeBron. <laughs> and Kyrie's just looking like <laughs> just 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 shaking his head. Yeah. He just he just looks. I mean he's he's grown up so much. He looks like uh, I mean he's he's he's, a, he's an adult now, which is fucking awesome. Uh, he's yep. actually what twenty? He's twenty three. It's just just so good. Uh, and then LeBron. I mean, he's. I mean, it, it, as you said, it's amazing. Like it's, it was, it's not a very efficient series for him at all. And I'm worried about his jump shot and his general efficiency, his turnovers and everything. But this is a guy who's, I mean, still producing incredible, like nearly triple double average the whole series. And this is a down series for him. A bad series, not just <laughs> a bad, down. Bad. bad. Yeah. People yeah. were mad. Mad about his play. The Cavs fans I know were visibly upset during games uh, because of how he was playing, and he's still doing that. He's we're spoiled by him. Still, we're definitely spoiled by him. I think we'll have much more to say about Kyrie and LeBron uh, 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 during the Eastern Conference Final Series. Whenever the hell we can talk about this next, and we'll probably have a shorter podcast since there'll be less to talk about, less to catch up on. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'll right. say about hey Pat, real real quick before we move on, yeah, the ahead. one thing about LeBron I will say is. Uh, I do think Jimmy Butler played a role in him not having a great series. Oh yeah, um, the Bulls' defensive scheme in general, but Butler in particular. Butler was on him uh, all game. I don't know that they had anybody else defend him as primary well, defender the only time really he, throughout the series. His his sub pattern was based on LeBron being in the game, and and the only time they yeah. ever doubled LeBron was once he came into the paint across the lane. So like, so it was great. Butler had this. He just knew I can let him go here because I got help. But everywhere else, I'm going to yeah. stop him. And all LeBron could do was a turnaround jumper. And when he was hitting it in game five, yeah, he had a great game. But when he wasn't hitting it, it you know, uh, it was a bad series. Yeah. I mean, except when he was able to get the pass out of it. But, like, you know, Butler was amazing. I mean, Demar Carroll's yeah. good. We're, we're about to get into this now. Now we're, we're, we're at the point in the, uh, of the podcast where we get into the uh, uh, Eastern Conference Finals preview. Uh, I'll probably have to give people like the minute number where this starts if they want to listen to this first on the uh, uh, on their drive into work so they don't miss it. Uh, but uh, I mean, Demar Carroll is also long, lengthy, got some size, can can play a little bit of a Jimmy Butler role. He just I don't think he's got anywhere near the moxie, the strength uh, to 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 play LeBron as well as uh, Butler did. But he's not going to be a cakewalk. I mean, Demar is a is a solid defender. No, I I agree with you, and and LeBron's play was. Um strong word but of concern for sure yeah on its own level yeah. but i do think i do think jimmy butler gets a lot of credit for that butler is a really 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 impressive player Huge. Huge. and Absolutely. uh carol carol is uh a good player and is capable of giving lebron a little trouble but i, mm-hmm. I don't think in the same way okay 
Well, all right, let's move on to the Eastern Conference Finals preview. Uh, it's uh, right now, it's midnight now, so it's probably tonight at 8.30, uh, <laughs> uh, game one uh, uh, in Atlanta. Uh, let's start off with the uh, kill list. Um, this is our new, this is our feature thing now. Uh, uh, here, here's what's funny to me about the Atlanta Hawks. I'm not sure there's anyone on that roster that I would, get, give, given all your, you know, uh, uh, no consequences, uh, <laughs> just in a vacuum, there's no yeah. one I want to die on that team. I, 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 I really love their entire starting lineup. <laughs> it's, this, so this I, is, I, I think anyway. that is one of the fun things about playoff series is that the next time we talk, we'll have identified who we want to murder. <laughs> uh, yes, this is the key thing. So he will key, emerge. Keep an eye out for Keep, keep an eye out the for villain. this in game one. <laughs> The villain will emerge. Now, I, but I agree with you. I really like uh, Horford and Millsap. I think those are really ah, fun, likable players. I love those dudes. Um, Corver is sort of annoying yeah. in that he looks like Ashton Kutcher, but yeah, you know, but whatever. He, I, he, he has three pointers. Like it's just you can't hate that. It's too. It's too. No, pure. and you have to admire how he's worked on his game. Carroll is yeah. not really hateable at all. So my my sleeper pick here is Jeff Teague. Interesting. Um, okay. Who's capable of playing well enough to annoy us? Yep. Um Showed a little bit of dirty play when he took out Bradley Beal in that Wizards series. Ah, that's um, right. That's right. Took him out for the flagrant. I think just the flagrant one. Um, has a face that makes me angry sometimes. <laughs> I was and just that's about helpful. to say. I was about to invoke the Ned Zatman principle of I don't like his face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. I. So I don't think I like his face. Um, Schroeder, but after Schroeder that, even there, be, right? Schroeder, yeah, I heard. Schroeder. I, Schroeder, there was some smack talk where he was trying to tell somebody else to like hit John Wall's hand or something like that. So you know, maybe he's yeah. someone to watch. I don't know. Schroeder's possible, but even the, their bench, not pure antic. I I enjoy him being in the league because he looks like he should be on <laughs> the set of t- Taken Four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like. Mike Muscala, it went to Bucknell. Like it's hard to hate a guy that's in the NBA that, that did that. Bucknell. Yeah, it's it's a very Deli esque uh, uh, background. Yeah, a stretch four. That's yeah. It's just not a bunch of guys that are really hateable. So I think this will be one of the most uh, interesting subplots of the series for us. Absolutely. Is who and, we want to murder. And uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that that'll be the, that'll be a huge, interesting subplot throughout the whole series. And I, I'm not sure. I think you're probably right. I think it might be Jeff Teague. We'll have to keep an eye out for. But I, it's, he's got he's got to rise to the occasion. I'm not sure he's going to do it. I'm not sure he has it in him. That's right. You have to earn wanting to be murdered. <laughs> you got to earn. You got to earn a kill on our list. It, it, yeah. It's it's a uh, you know it's a, it's an honor, an odd honor in a way. But uh, anyway, uh, let's get to the the series keys. Uh, to me, I think it's a similar three keys to the Bulls uh, series. In the sense that we need two of three. You know, LeBron and Kyrie being uh, uh, you know lights out. Uh, the be- or two the bench mob being dynamite. Or three, as I was mentioning before, uh, the Hawks being playoff Hawks, which is to yeah. say missing wide open jumpers or missing jumpers, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't know that we have any real way to be able to stop them from getting open jumpers. It's just as long as we can funnel them into the the twenty footers as opposed to the three point shots, and hopefully they keep missing them. If they if they start hitting their shots the way they were in the regular season, we, I honestly I don't see us winning the series. Uh, not banged up as we are. Um, again, if Kyrie could play close to one hundred percent. I still like our chances against the the, the Hawks, but it, with him banged up as he is, if the Hawks play it in the regular season, I think we I think the Hawks take it in six. But if they play, if the Hawks are playoff Hawks, I think we I think the Cavs take it in six. Yeah, the 
to call back to something we talked about earlier, the Hawks are not going to give us a six-minute stretch at the start of the second half where they don't score any points. Nope. And they're not going to give us two to two-and-a-half similar stretches throughout every game of the series, right? It's just yeah. not happening. Yeah. Um, so our defense probably needs to be better. It was good against the Bulls, but it needs to be better. And be we better. cannot have those lulls on offense, yeah. which also means to me we cannot have the LeBron uh, pounding the dribble, rock. Dribble, dribble, dribble. Exactly. The, pre- the prevent offense that prevents us from winning. Exactly. The, the prevent offense. We got, we got to know that we can't start the prevent offense until uh, four minutes. <laughs> we can't yeah. start at eight minutes. Eight minutes is too early to start prevent offense. Um, one last thing I was going to say, uh, everyone, if you haven't read it, you should read the Zach Lowe's uh, uh, Eastern Conference Finals preview. I just have to say he had the most terrifying preview that resulted in the Cavs winning six prediction I've ever seen. He spent yeah. the entire preview explaining how impossible it will be for the Cavs to guard the Hawks starting five and then tap us to win the series. <laughs> I mean, I, I think his trick is the point is that the Hawks have only one option. They have one roster option, and it's that starting five. If that starting five isn't clicking, they kind of are fucked. Uh, we have a bunch of options, and it can adjust. So we have different ways, things we can throw at them. So there's, there is that advantage. The problem to me is I don't know that any one of those five options can really stick. I mean, the, the only one I feel yeah. really confident in is that one I was telling you about of Kyrie, Shump, JR, uh, LeBron, and TT playing large minutes because I just don't know that Mozgov can really keep up with uh, Horford or Millsap on the perimeter. Uh, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to really hurt us on defense. It's going to neutralize his, his normally positive impact. So if, if um, back in the regular season after the – fourth Cavs-Hawks game where the Hawks mm-hmm. beat us in Atlanta. Atlanta. And I think we had our we had our full complement. Kevin Love was there. Yeah. Mozgov, Shumpert, Smith were all there. Um, and it was a close issue. They got up big on us in the first half. We came back, and then we just sort of it's thrown all our punches and got beat. Yeah. Not handily, but it wasn't a really close game at the end. And Windhorst was on a podcast with Simmons afterwards. And I yes. think Simmons said, well, the Hawks really showed, you know, I think you got to like the Hawks now. They came out and blitzed them and did what they could and they were trapping mm-hmm. on all these pick and rolls and just making mm-hmm. Kyrie and LeBron give the ball up and that really was something in Windhorse take was yeah I feel the opposite I feel like the Hawks had five days off or four days off or something to prepare for that game the Cavs were in a really brutal stretch of the season where they played a lot and clearly didn't mm-hmm. have time for prepare. and they took the shot and they came back and LeBron was sort of like all right well I can beat this team yeah I see what yeah. they can do they're good yeah. but I, I, know, I know how to beat this team yeah, um, and I, I so part think, of me is is hopeful that that's that, that analysis is correct. I hope so. Yeah, I remember thinking that at the time. I was like, I feel like they just sort of showed their hand. They just they just threw a playoff right. wrinkle and wasted it in the regular season. Like, why why would you do right. that? Who gives a shit? Why wouldn't you save that as something you can throw at us? Because obviously we we couldn't react in time mid game to counter it. We eventually did, but it was too late. We were down too big yeah. by the time we countered it. Now now we can prepare for it. Now we know they're going to throw that at us, and we'll be ready for it. Hopefully. So I will uh, so, say, Pat, I think I think that's another key to the series, and this will be an interesting test of something we talked about earlier, which is Blatt, right? Yeah. Like I think we're going to yeah. see there's going to be – it's going to be incumbent upon him and the coaching staff to put the right players out there to react mm-hmm. to schemes in the right way because I think Atlanta will try stuff. And I think Budenholzer is a pretty good coach that knows his roster, and although, you know, who knows? They had a, they've had a pretty crappy playoff so far, and he's taken some yeah. heat for that. Um, yeah. 
but I, I, I think um, especially if Kyrie is banged up, it's going to rely on him playing smart lineups and making smart adjustments during the game to what the other team is doing. And this is, you know, that's what by reputation he is supposed to be really good at is game planning for other teams and rolling that stuff out. This is the test. So this is this is this is go time for Blatt. You know, Peak he's an Blatt. arrogant asshole. This yep. is, this he's, is he's where we gotta, need he's him. He's got to up the arrogance. Got to up the asshole. Yes, he's, <laughs> right. He's got to start. He's got comparing himself to doctors. <laughs> he's got to start comparing <laughs> himself to heart surgeons, <laughs> gen, field generals. Uh, what else can he do? <laughs> the President of the United yeah, States. I think is next. Yeah. Uh, I think I think this will be uh, him and LeBron. Uh, you know, LeBron. The spotlight's on LeBron every time he yeah, plays in the yeah. series, no matter what. But. Uh, do you have a prediction? I, I think this is, um, I'm terrified. It's like, it's like ter- terrible jinxing. Uh, you know, that's, that's why, like, in my heart of hearts, it's, it's Hawks and Six because I'm a Cavs fan. Uh, I expect right. the worst. Right, right, right. As I said, um, if playoff Hawks show up, the Cavs, the, the Hawks win in six. And I'm a Cavs fan, so I know that the playoff Hawks are going to show up for the Cavs. <laughs> I'm sorry, the, the, yeah. the regular season. Regular season Hawks are going to show up for the Cavs and uh, sure. uh, shoot us sure. out of the gym. Um, I think I am going to go um, – I think I'm still going to go Cavs in six. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's a real it, it, possible outcome. And, yeah. I, I say that not with a ton of confidence. I could see anything yeah. from uh, Hawks in five I don't think I could see. But Hawks in six, Hawks in yeah. seven – Cavs yeah. and six, Cavs and seven is possible. I don't think yeah. the Hawks home court advantage is that spectacular. No, no, and, that, and that's the bit. That's the fun thing I've, I forgot to let mention before. Before we wrap this up, uh, uh, is I, I kind of I'm, I, I kind of like being on the road sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. I just love the no pressure situation of the first two games. All you gotta do is steal one. All you gotta do is steal one. Just yeah. hang in there. It's so much more enjoyable and less <laughs> less torturous to watch as as, as you and I yes. have learned. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about this later later, later in the series. But uh, as my wife asked me earlier uh, during Game Four, watching me torture myself, going, "But are you enjoying this?" <laughs> as you point out, it's a fucking complicated question. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how much time do you like, have? All right. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's enjoy games one and two. All we gotta do is steal one. Uh, and uh, let's, Maddie. We'll, we'll we'll figure out when we can talk next. Uh, hopefully this weekend. Maybe after maybe after game two, uh, or we can do a, a, a short spot podcast after after game one. Maybe if we're up for it. But uh, we'll we'll see. We'll play it by ear. That's, uh, that sounds but, fabulous. Uh, uh, let's see, Matt. Wait, so we came in. We we were aiming for thirty minutes, and we came in at a um, a slender fifty five. Uh, mm. <laughs> so mm. classic. So, but you know, I don't know how long Ned's commute is, but if he's got thirty minutes on the way out, thirty minutes on the way back, he's perfectly ready and primed for the game. So he should be in good good shape. We'll we'll see how long it is. I think uh, we've done our job here. Yes, I think we have. So that that does it for the uh, inaugural Maddie and Patty podcast. We'll be back at some point in this series uh, whenever we find the time. Uh, until next time, this is Maddie and Patty saying friendship. <laughs> No, I did a short version, Pat. We screwed that up. Go Cavs. Whatever. Go Cavs.